Hello and welcome to Nested Folders. My name is Rosemary Orchard and I am here talking to my lovely Canadian co-host, Scotty Jackson. Hi Rose, how are you today? I am excited because we get to talk about one of my favorite topics today, automation. Well, that this is this is right this is right in the wheelhouse here. Oh, it is. But we're talking about automation from a very productivity perspective today because our topic for today is actually, is it worth automating? Uh, as in, mm. should you do this? Right. And this came up because recently uh, we, we had a little giveaway on the show and we gave away a year of OmniFocus Pro and build your OmniFocus workflow. Um, and the tools that we used to do the giveaway that I chose were Airtable and Shortcuts because that's what I'm familiar with. But as you said... Is it really worth pulling out the big guns for something like this? Or is there something else that would just do it for us instead of me going a little bit crazy, building an Airtable base, creating like three shortcuts to test some stuff and do some other things and then running the shortcut live on air? Um, and yeah, I, I usually do this because I'm an automator for better or for worse. That's uh, what I do. I think of the automated solution. And, and I only ask because I'm a, I'm a pretty low level automator myself. Like I, I have... A number of things that I've automated that I'm I, I reap the value of on a regular basis, yes. but it doesn't occur to me as a here's my go to solution for things. So I'm really interested to understand more about how you think about when you automate a thing and uh, what prompts you, I guess, to get into <laughs> that automation mode about problems. Yeah, and I wonder if one of the way the reasons why I think about this the way I think about it is because. All of the tools in my life pretty much are designed around the ability to automate things. Now, this doesn't mean that I'm going to automate everything. There are some things you can't automate, like writing a blog post. Um, you can automate elements of this, but not the whole thing. Um, and But I always want the ability to be able to, say, for example, pull an image from a specific folder in Dropbox and insert it as a markdown reference into what I'm writing. Or to quickly check a list of all the tweets that we've received that mention us, um, mention the Nested Folders podcast, um, Twitter handle specifically, um, because it's nice to be able to get the feedback. So I, I learned quite a while ago that by picking a tool that you can automate from the beginning, you'll usually find at some point in the future it pays off. Um, though this does mean perhaps that I spend a little more time setting things up, but you know, you brought up a good question. Should I automatically go for the most automatable solution every time? Yeah, and I don't know. Like for me, my threshold is like anger. <laughs> if I if I get so annoyed and angry by a particular problem, that to me is is kind of the tipping point of you know what? Maybe there's a better way. Maybe I should automate this. So an example of that is that like I. I learned that if I'm copying and pasting text from one place to another place, oftentimes if it's formatted at the source, uh, it'll get formatted at the destination as well. And often I don't want that. So stripping the formatting out became uh, something worth trying to automate because, mm -hmm. uh, because that was just so annoying so many times a day. Uh, but I find that if I, if I don't get annoyed, a number of times a day. I'm not automating. And, I'm, and I feel like I'm probably missing out on some opportunities. So what are some other inflection points for wanting to automate a thing? Well, it also depends very much on, for me, where the data is coming from. So mm. especially ideas, I tend to... Ideas is maybe the wrong word. If I think of something, 
I tend to write it in drafts because then if it's, hey, don't forget that you need to email Scotty about organizing the next episode of Nest of Folders, then I can start writing that. Realize that actually what I've written thinking would be a task in OmniFocus has turned into an email that I can just hit send on. I can just do that. Um, and that for me has made my life a little easier because I just write. And then I figure out what I'm doing with it, which means that I do need the automation afterwards because, okay, well, this originally was like, you know, I had a line at the top, my title, which was going to be the task title, and then I had my body, which was going to be the note. And now, actually, it turns out it's going to be the subject in the body of the email. Um, and so I need the ability to send that places. But I don't know if I ended up with that because drafts is amazing and very automatable, or if I ended up with that because I was looking for ways to automate things. And it's very hard to think about it like that. <laughs> That's really cool, though, to separate the um, initial spark of an idea or a potential action and the action itself. Yes. So uh, allowing that to become whatever it most needs to be, as opposed to deciding upfront, here's the tool that's going to be in and here's the form it's going to take. You're just kind of gathering this raw material and then leveraging automation to, to do with it as you need to. Yeah. After the fact. And I, I find actually this does help me to be quite productive because you know, it's a two minute rule, right? If I can do this in two minutes or less, I should just do it. But when I'm writing down to start with what I'm doing, I might not realize that it can take two minutes or less. And then I realize, hey, the email is 75% written. It's only been two minutes. Well, I'll just finish writing it and send it instead of add it to my task list to get finished next week when actually we want to record, which is very inconvenient. Um, and yeah, um, I, I find that that is one area where the automation 110% pays off because that happens to me very frequently. Maybe other people are much better at thinking about things like the, the, like this than I am, but free, I, I frequently find I start writing something and it's like, actually, you know what? Uh, I shouldn't put this in OmniFocus. This should actually be a thing that is in a drafts workspace belonging to, for example, the sweet setup where I do uh, a lot of writing um, or something like that. And then it's it can go to the right place um so yeah so that that for me is most definitely worth automating but then sometimes i do things like i create an Airtable base to store ideas for blog posts that i want to write on my website it's like hmm did i really need an Airtable base for this is this actually going to pay off there's something to be said for the familiar though too oh, yeah. i mean and, and not not just you know automate it automated repeating things, but, you know, thought repeated things, you know, so if, if I use this kind of tool for these kinds of things and a new kind of thing that comes up, you know, resembling those needs a home, then using that tool make just makes sense. I mean, even if it is over or underpowered, yeah. there's the, the familiarity and the consistency in terms of how you treat things and how you think about things probably benefits you in, 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 a, in a lot of ways. And in that regard, that becomes almost like automating your thinking about stuff yes which is why so many people use excel as a database tool spoiler it's not um but you know because because you, you well that's just it it is maybe Airtable is overpowered but it's going to be more productive for me to use Airtable with things like the roll-ups and the referencing of the fields in the other databases uh, or the other tables inside of a base than it is for me to pull out numbers 
and spend a lot of time, you know, figuring out is what I want to do even possible? And it turns out I actually want to add data for something like Zapier or Integromat. And, well, Numbers is not a web application with an API that I can do that with. So now I have to migrate everything over from mm -hmm. this other system, which theoretically can do everything I need up until that point. And so you can save a lot of time by using the tools that you know have the possibilities for expansion in the future. Um, but I find I often start doing the expansion without thinking everything through. So I recently created a Zapier Zap for the start of my month, which does a whole host of things. It creates new invoices for certain clients. It adds um, several tasks to my OmniFocus um, because I didn't originally want these as recurring tasks, something I can probably rethink actually. Um, and it adds like new budget entries into an Airtable base for my budget. Airtable is a, a common theme with me, as people might imagine. <laughs> um, and, you know, and then I realized afterwards that actually a lot of these systems that I'm doing this with can probably do this by themselves. You know, like my invoicing system actually has the ability to create a new invoice at the start of every month by itself, if I tell it to. Right. So should I be doing this via Zapier's app or should I maybe be splitting it up. On the other hand, it's great to have the, hey, here are all the things to worry about once a month um, organized in one place because then I'm not scratching around different systems. So it goes back right. to picking the right tool for the right job, perhaps. Yeah. And I mean, so it sounds like automation is, is kind of one of your go-to solves for, yeah. for problems that come up. And and I, I suffer from there's a couple of things that I've automated and, and because I'm only a sometimes automator, like the, the investment of work in building the automation is fairly substantial just because yes. it's not, it's not second nature to me, but I, I found a couple of things that um, are, are big effort and often repeated. And so that's where I, I thought, okay, well, if I'm spending all of this time this often on these kinds of things, that's a kick in the head of like time to look at automation. So, you know, at, at work, if we get a, a project request from uh, someone to work on a new thing, uh, I've got an automation that takes that and automatically builds tasks in our shared work system. It puts tasks for me in my OmniFocus and it builds notes for me in uh, either Agenda or Ulysses so that I've got, you know, a, a text reference to go back to later. And, and that has saved me tons and tons of, of manual of manual effort. Or if I'm uh, hosting a meeting, uh, I've got a shortcut that creates uh, a new, you know, text file based on the attributes of the meeting in question. Uh, and then we'll take that and email it to everybody afterwards so that I can, you know, share my notes and, and so on. Uh, again, just because this is stuff that I do. So I, I'm a meetings guy. I find myself in meetings a lot. So because I'm doing that so often and because I know how much work it is, automating that made sense. But I feel like I'm probably missing so many opportunities to automate other things because they aren't super in my face. Mm -hmm. And uh, right. I, I look forward to thinking more about about that, I guess, and and how I can how I can make automation a thing that I think about more frequently as as a potential solution for things that I'm working on. Yes, whereas I'm the sort of person who will open up shortcuts and create a shortcut for a one time use to format this data that was in rows into columns and you know, take out this particular column and add it at the end or something like that. You know, that's the kind of thing that 
I do just because it's a tool I'm familiar with. And on the one hand, using tools you're familiar with is a great way to avoid procrastination of, okay, well, now I need to learn how to use uh, pivot tables in Excel to do this. Um, mm -hmm. You know, what is a pivot table and how can I use it? And does it benefit me here or do I need a, a script or something? Um, but on the other hand, I may be procrastinating by setting up the most optimal method for adding things to my Airtable base when actually I had five ideas for blog posts and I just wanted to write them down somewhere. I should probably have done that in drafts and then figured out the other stuff afterwards instead of getting an amazing Airtable base and losing five blog post ideas. Not that this has ever happened to me at all. <laughs> Not that. Regularly. Um <laughs> I, I hadn't thought of using shortcuts as a, a, as a one-time thing, but that makes sense. If you know the steps involved in a task that you're, you're going to be undertaking and that it involves, you know, maybe a couple of different apps or manipulating some data, that probably makes a lot of sense as even, even if it's a one-time use thing yeah. to help or, or organize and, and map that through, how do you deal with managing a library of, of short, like, will you build a shortcut? And then use it and then delete it or Yes. Um and especially with, with the new um iOS thirteen stuff, it's quite simple once you've created a shortcut because it unless you name it, um then um when you hit cancel, it gives you the option to delete your shortcut. Mm. Um which means that I no longer have untitled shortcuts one through three hundred and seventy two cluttering my library. I've gone through and cleared those out. Um and then I don't have them there anymore which for me is great because then when I'm, I'm looking at it I'm going actually you know what I think this could have another use in the future and I save it and then this is how you end up with like 928 shortcuts FYI um, because you created them for one-time uses and I just want to add these 15 things to my reminders it's much faster to just type them all into a text block and then split the text and then repeat with each and add to reminders um, than it is to add each one to reminders individually. That's a really neat way of thinking about of using shortcuts as a way of managing the work steps as opposed to managing the work steps through a, a repeatable and predictable process. Just 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 as a as a one time thing. I had ne that had never occurred to me. Yes, and then the advantage of this is is if you realize it's something you're going to be doing again in the future, you can save it um, and reuse it. Or if you realize actually this is more trouble than opening reminders and typing each of the 15 items and adding them individually then um you know you can save it um or you can just delete it you pick um but at the same time i find maybe i'm doing this because i'm not so familiar with the user interface and reminders and it might be a good idea for me to get familiar with the user interface and reminders at some point because I don't actually use reminders a lot, but I have some shared reminders lists with my parents um, for things to do while they're visiting me and things that they need me to fix while I'm visiting them. Like the Apple TV is not working as um, they, the uh, home based thing, so they can't <laughs> control their lights when they're not at home. Uh, you know, totally like not end of the world, we need this fixed yesterday, but like next time you're home, if you can take a look at this weird thing that's happening on my laptop, that would be great. Thanks. Right. Um, so, you know, I like maybe I should get more familiar with it, but at the same time, eh, I do like shortcuts. As, as, a, as a Mickey Mouse automator, that's, is that what we call neophyte automators? That's me. Uh, the, the one thing that is a no-brainer, though, is uh, text replacement. Oh, yeah. And I found that, that to be the most super useful 
bit of automation is is and it's it's built into Mac OS and iOS and there and iPad OS and there's a number of other apps that do this really well on all manners of platforms uh, but if if you've never thought about automating before I I think this is probably the best way in oh yeah is definitely. to look at text replacement so that I can type a w email and then as soon as I hit space it replaces that with my work email address. Right, yeah. Or um, I have H-A-D-D-R, which is short for my home address, or other thing, other you know bits of text that I type on a regular or semi-regular basis, um, you know, all the way to like full paragraphs of, you know, boilerplate text. Uh, that's, that's, been, that's been a huge game changer for me, especially when I recognize how much of my day I spend typing things. Yes. Also, this is really good for words that are spelt incorrectly according to the operating system, like the bridge keyboard, which is spelt with a Y. Oh. Uh, iOS and iPadOS and macOS, all of them, when I was writing my review of the bridge, really wanted to correct me on this, um, which <laughs> was extremely frustrating. So I just added it um, to, the, to the dictionary and that was like, oh, okay, I'm good with this. So... Uh, we put that in show notes too because it's a lovely keyboard. It is a very good keyboard. I, I I confess I'm still using the smart keyboard a lot of the time just because it's thinner and lighter um, and therefore it fits in more handbags. You know, as a priority for me. Um, That's right. Handbag automation. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it's good. But I mean, sometimes I find maybe because I've automated it, it can take longer. But that can be a good thing if you're automating for accuracy. So say, for example, you need to send like uh, 20 emails to people with almost the exact same information in all of them, but you need to make sure that their name is right and that each of them get a different time. So say, for example, you're sending out interview invitations or something like that. And, you know, it's like that is something that you should be automating, not because it's faster. It may well be faster, but because you really don't want to inter... In, invite somebody to the interview at the same time as somebody else you know if i'm if you mess that up and send the email with the right name and the wrong time and then they come and yeah that that's not a good thing you know if you're sending lots of emails that are very similar you really want to get that right um and i find that automating for accuracy is another very good point because yeah accuracy is important that's, that's very cool i and i i think of Act automation as a solution for uh, speed and velocity, yes. but I hadn't thought of it as a way of, you know, informing and enforcing structure. Yes. Uh, and I guess the fewer times I touch something, the fewer opportunities there are for mistakes, I guess. Well, the other thing is, is, is okay, going back to this, it sounds very silly, but it's a real example that I used recently of, you know, in inviting a bunch of people to interviews at different times, if you're asked for the name and then the time for that name every time, then, you know, it's, it's much easier to get it right or it takes it from the spreadsheet and does a mail merge in that particular case. Um, but, you know, then the chances that you're going to forget to find and replace the the date and the time when when you're looking at it um, and you've just got this email, right? So I've replaced the name. Yeah, that looks good. Send. Oh, shoot. I invited them on Tuesday instead of Thursday. Right. You know, like you don't want to do that. And then you have to send them an email. It looks unprofessional or, you know, whatever. Um, the key one for me is I have a bunch of things that I do on a 
somewhat, but not quite regular enough to be a recurring thing in OmniFocus basis. Um, and I'm sure a bunch of us have tasks like this, you know, or projects where we need to do all six steps. We need to do the six steps in the right order. Uh, but however, you know, like maybe we have to do it once every 17 weeks or something, or when somebody asks us, you know, you get asked to do project type A at work instead of project type B this week. And so you need to get all those tasks. That is another case of me most definitely automating for accuracy rather than speed, because I'll probably remember steps one through five, but I write my might write down step number six wrong. Whereas right. if I automate for accuracy, then I get those six steps. And if I have to change it, then I change it once and I never have to remember what exactly is involved until I'm doing it because I get walked through it. Because past me thought of present me and remembered the present me might go, yeah, sure. So this is what I need to do to upload a video to YouTube. And then I forget that I needed to make it private until I'm ready to make it public and it's available two days earlier than expected or something. Gotcha. So you can even use automation as not just an automated process, but as an automated uh, guiding you through things. So yeah. you're still involved in the execution of the process, but the automation is is uh, signaling the steps to you as opposed to executing it. Yes. In an automated fashion. Yeah, because sometimes there are some things that you can't automate, um, no matter how much you try. Uh, so, for example, putting my, my monthly newsletter on my blog together, I, I've looked at automating this. It is theoretically possible, but I found it's easier to to cobble it together with uh, Airtable and shortcuts and then have a literal list in OmniFocus prompting me of, don't forget, make sure that you tidy this up, you clean that up, um, you... you do this, you run Grammarly over it and check for typos. <laughs> you send a, a test email to yourself and check it on mobile and on the Mac and in the web, um, you know, stuff like that. It, it's, yeah. It's really neat. When I, when I think about automation, the first thing that comes to mind for me is this, the, the very scripted notion of I am, I'm a computer and I'm taking data and I'm moving it from here to here and manipulating it in this way and then spitting it out there. Uh, but really what we're talking about is a series of repeated and structured steps that may involve you as well as the computer. Yeah. Um, and, and, and if, even in, even in thinking. So another, you know, one of my weird, um, perhaps non sequitur automations is that when I go to Starbucks, I always order the largest size coffee because at a glance, I can never tell the difference between the lid sizes. And so I know that if I order the largest size coffee, I, I grab the largest size lid and, and then I and then I move on. So so having those kinds of simplifications, and if you have a something that, you know, signals to you, hey, remember these sort of preset choices that you're going to make um, and involves you in it, then that makes the automations that much more compelling too. And and probably gives you a much broader array of use cases. Oh yeah, definitely. And you know, I've also built things in before where I've created OmniFocus projects with shortcuts in notes for certain tasks because the task is decide path A or path B. For example, I'm I'm simplifying here just because going into the exact details of the one the example I'm thinking of for work will bore everybody to sleep, I can guarantee it. Um <laughs> but you know, and then Okay, and so then I look in my in the OmniFocus notes and it says path A, link, path B, link. And these just add a bunch of tasks uh, to the project 
based on whether I click on path A or path B. Um, and that allows me then as part of the project where, where maybe I can't make this decision up front in advance when I'm creating the project. But by the time I get to this point, I will be able to make that decision. Then, you know, past me thought of current me going, okay, now I've done path A, what do I do? Well, here's what you do. Um, so, yeah, it's about trying to make your life easier. But sometimes I get bogged down thinking about how can I automate this without thinking about the should I automate this? Mm-hmm. But but that's that's a really cool approach of saying like I, I've got this automation and I'm going to signal myself that I need to run one of two automations. Yes. Yeah. Um, so you're not worrying about automating right now, but you are remembering, hey, there's an opportunity for automation in the future, depending on what kind of life decisions I make. Yes, exactly. In this particular case, it's, you know, by this point, you've gone through discussions with the external group who are requesting the project, and they will have decided if they want to go down path A or path B. And path A involves these 15 tasks for you, and path B involves these 10 tasks for you, so you probably tried to encourage them towards path B. But just in case they didn't heed your advice, uh, you know, you've got the path A there as an option as well. That's a really neat way to think about it. And, you know, you can use this in a more simplified way. You could just have a list of the tasks in, in the, somewhere and copy and paste them. You know, there, there are tons of simpler ways to automate that instead of encoding a bunch of stuff into a URL and clicking on it. Um, but as you said, sometimes you, you it's difficult to see the possibilities for automation, which is some of the things I'm trying to share. Has there ever been a time where you've automated something and then regretted it? Like, has there ever been, you know, wow, I automated this and I, wow, that was a glorious waste of time, or wow, automation wasn't the right approach to this, or Hmm. anything like that? Well, I mean, I've coded plenty of things that were most definitely a waste of time, because it was, you know, like, (laughs) programming exercise at university is, can you reverse this array without using the array reverse function? An array is just a list of things, basically, like numbers or something. And can you, instead of making it go one, two, three, four, five, can you make it go five, four, three, two, one? And there's a built-in function in almost every programming language to do this, but you have to do it without using that, of course. Things like that, I always felt were kind of a little bit of a waste of time, because I already knew how it worked. Um, And there have always been things where I've created something and I've realized, like, days or weeks later that I'm not using this. Um, But I don't really see it necessarily as time wasted. Um, usually if I'm in the middle of something and realizing it's too much work um, to automate it, then I will just quit while I'm at it. Um, but most of the time I look at it as, hey, you know, like this was a good learning opportunity um, because it's not worth it to automate this. Or it is worth it to automate this, but not in the way that I did it. Or it's not worth it for me. Um and, you know, you can always learn something from these things, even if it's just how to log your temperature and shortcuts, um, you know, in the health applications. So that next time you have a fever, you, you can track that information. Sure. So there's so as long as you take the time to reflect on what it was. Yes. You did. Then then there's tuition value in, in all the things that you do. Yeah, exactly. It's a positive note. Yeah. Well, I always like to look for the positives. Maybe that's maybe that's where we put a pin in this one. Yeah. You know, there, there's still a finger's amount of Coca-Cola left in my glass, so I'm not yet going to be gasping for liquid. <laughs> Positive, not negative. That's right. Well, All that's right. a great discussion. Thanks very much, Rose. Well, 
I, I figured it would be good to share the, the other side of myself with the listeners here too. Appreciate it. And we'll put all kinds of links and show notes to oh, yeah. all the work that you do with the Automators podcast, all the apps that we've mentioned here today, uh, and uh, maybe some sort of deciphering system on uh, Starbucks cup lids. Uh, yes. If somebody can explain how Starbucks works to me, that would be good. Though, to be fair, I should say that I don't drink coffee. Um, but they did at some point have a really nice iced chocolate drink, which I really enjoyed and I can't find anywhere anymore. So, yeah. We could build a shortcut that finds locations that serve it. Oh, that sounds good. That sounds right. very smart. Somebody send that to me. <laughs> All right. So, Scotty, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, people can find me on the internet at heyscottyj.com or by the same name on Twitter and the Instagram. Where do people find you? I am rosemaryorchard.com, rosemaryorchard on Twitter, and rosemary underscore orchard on uh, Instagram. And when this episode comes out, I will have just come back from Greece. So there may be some nice pictures of sunsets, or maybe I will have dropped off of Instagram entirely for the week. We will see. I, I look forward to finding out. Please, please post, though, because <laughs> Greece, Grecian sunsets sound lovely. Uh, they do sound lovely, though it's forecast to be a little rainy and overcast at the end of my week. So we'll see. Maybe I'll mm. be inside building shortcuts instead. <laughs> uh, and then people find us at nestedfolderspodcast.com and at nestedfolders on Twitter. And we love yes. your tweets. Yes, we have been receiving some really lovely feedback, um, which we are very, very excited about. And if there's anything you'd like to see in a future top uh, show uh, as a topic then please let us know because we are collecting we have guess guess it's narrative base correct you guessed correctly <laughs> um full of all of our ideas um so that we can not forget things because we don't like to forget things that's right and and love your ideas so grateful for our listeners and your feedback yes and then until next time yes see you in two weeks bye everybody <laughs>